Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below the video online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. We are so excited that you're here to worship with us this morning. Guys, we are going to dive right in. In Matthew 7, 7, it says that if you ask, you will receive what you ask for. If you seek, you will find. And if you keep knocking, that the door will be opened to you. And so I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you've been asking God for something, if you feel like you've really been seeking after him, even knocking at his door, do not give up because as surely as dawn, the Lord will respond. So we are going to praise him. We're going to press into his presence right now. Come on.
this morning. We're going to be celebrating communion in just a few moments. So on your way in, if you're in the worship center today, you should have received uh, the elements. If you're watching from online, run to your kitchen really quick. Do the best you can. Try to punt, cracker, bread, juice of any kind, whatever you got to do. And get back because we are going to do what Christians have done for thousands of years. We're going to think about and remember and celebrate what Jesus did on the cross for us in Calvary. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians verse chapter 11, it says, On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and you sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And then the scripture goes on to say that before we partake of this meal of remembering, this sacred meal, that we should pause and we should make sure that we're checking our own hearts, that we're looking internally and we're asking ourselves some questions because we should clean our heart before God, before we celebrate communion. And the way that we do that is we ask ourselves, is there anything between me and God right now? Have I lied? that I haven't talked to him about? Have I been speaking unkindly to my spouse or to my children? Have I, have I been dishonest in the workplace? Is there something in me that's become a habit that's separating me from God in some manner? And if we discover, as most people do, that the answer to that is, yeah, there's something there, something blocking me right now in this moment between me and God, then we pray. In the privacy of our heart, we utter a prayer to God simply taking responsibility, acknowledging those flaws and asking for God's forgiveness. So it looks something like this, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the things that I've done, mistakes that I've made, the funk that I've let come in between you and me. Please forgive me, cleanse me from all of that and restore to me connection with you, unity with you. Don't let any sin or any struggle come in the way between me and you, Jesus. Heal me now, in Jesus' name, amen. And when we do that, the Bible simply says that God supernaturally prepares us to receive this meal. So I want you to imagine with me that it's thousands of years ago and you're in the upper room with Jesus. He's gathered the night before he's gonna be betrayed with his 12 closest followers. And in those moments, the Bible says that he took the bread and he broke the bread. And in breaking the bread, he said, this is my body. He was letting us know that, that he's symbolically breaking this so that we don't have to be broken. He knows that we're separated from God because of our sins and our mistakes. And, and he knows that the Bible says that the wages of sin, the cost of that sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so someone has to die for the sins of all, either the individual or Jesus chose to die for the sins of all mankind with one death. And he could do that because he was perfect and without sin. And so he allowed his body to be broken for us so that we wouldn't have to be broken. And that's part of the miracle of communion. So Jesus, we thank you for the bread that represents your body, that represents your sacrifice made in love that you would die so that we didn't have to, that you would allow us to be cleansed and cleaned of all of our sin, not because we're so perfect, not because we did anything other than admitted to you that we needed your help and your salvation. We did nothing but acknowledge that you are God and you took all of our sin away. Thank you for that. Thank you for what communion represents and what the cross did for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's partake of the bread together. Next, the Bible says that after the meal was done, that Jesus took the cup filled with wine and in doing so, he said, this 
is a symbol of my blood. It's part of the covenant between you and me. And the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That's why in the olden days they did sacrifices, but now Jesus is the sacrifice once and for all for the forgiveness of all sins. And the prophet Isaiah said in the Old Testament that by his stripes, that means the whip marks on the back of Jesus, by his stripes that we can be healed. So the blood of Jesus, it, it not only provides forgiveness, but it also provides healing. And so if you're here today and you need healing in any way, maybe you need it in your body, you have a diagnosis that you just need God to heal you from. Maybe you need it in your mind, you've been struggling with anxiety or depression, and you need God to just break that off of you. That's what the blood can do the blood of Jesus. And so that's why we have the symbolic grape juice to represent that Jesus spilled his blood for our salvation and for our healing. I mean, what you need is a healed marriage today. All of it can be done by the power of the blood of Jesus. So Jesus, we're so grateful for the blood that you shed on the cross of Calvary. We're so grateful that it purchased for us the forgiveness that we needed so desperately, but also the healing that we needed in our bodies, in our minds, in our hearts, in our relationships, and in our world. Jesus, our world is so broken. And we ask that as we partake of communion today, that just a little bit more of your kingdom would come to earth that we would be a little bit more whole than we've ever been because of what you did on that cross for us. We're so grateful for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's partake. Guys, let's continue to press into God, into his presence. Let's continue to worship him together in song. Oh uh -huh. 
we know that you are in this place and that you are enough. And even when we look at the pieces of our life sometimes and we think, I don't have enough, I'm not enough, that in you we have everything we need. And in our weakness, you show yourself strong and you shine through that weakness and you show that we have you and that that's enough. And we're so grateful for that this morning. That's why we're here to sing and to celebrate and to worship who you are. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, hello again, everyone. If you would, uh, turn, greet one another, and then make your way to your seats. If you're joining us online, welcome. We hope that you have an awesome experience. You can in the uh, chat, just type that you're new or you can text 94,000 and type the word fellowship and that'll kind of lead you through some prompts so you can connect uh, with some of us here at Fellowship Church. Our pastors will contact you and uh, get you connected. Well, guys, if you are in the worship center and you're newer uh, to Fellowship Church and you'd like to let us know that you're visiting, simply stop by the information counter and let us know, and we'll lead you through um, to how to give us a little bit of information. We'll trade you for a gift card to the church bookstore. You can get a coffee, all that kind of stuff. But we're just thrilled that you're here with us uh, celebrating, whether uh, in person or online. There is some awesome stuff that's been happening. Uh, we've been watching God kind of open up some doors for some really cool things for our kids' ministry. And I'm really excited to announce that, um, well, this first part's a little sad for them, but really exciting for us. And that is that Spin City has closed. And the reason I'm telling you that from the platform is we were able to buy and secure from them this jungle gym uh, for pennies on the dollar for our children's ministry. So we're, uh, we have actually gone to Spin City um, and we have removed all of the pieces and they are now sitting in Kids Church, which is why our Kids Church program is taking place in our youth building. And you can see how the dominoes are, are falling. So if you have any construction skills, okay, not me, I do not have construction skills, but if you have construction skills, we'd love to have you help us because now we have to put this little guy back together. Um, so it is uh, massive and awesome and really, really cool. And we're so excited to be able to give it to our kids. What we're thinking is it'll go in our second through fifth grade classroom um, over there in Kids Church. And what they're going to do is they're going to wake up at like six in the morning on Sundays. And they're gonna say to you, mom and dad, please, can we get to church? Please, can we stay for two services? Please, hurry, we're going to be late. And then you will come and you'll get stronger in your own walk with Christ. But also our kids will learn more and more about Jesus. And we've been talking about how in the back, we're not just entertaining or babysitting. They are learning real things. And this will kind of help facilitate that. But all of that brings me to this, that I am so grateful and humbled and blessed that as a church family, that we have the kind of church family that says, you know what, this local business is going out of business. Let's just see if we don't have the money to, to buy something awesome to bless our kids. And so we were able to buy this for less than 1% retail um, of what the original company paid for it. And so it's just amazing. And that's a result of your giving. Like you give each week, we set money aside for building upgrades and building maintenance. And so this was waiting uh, for us to be able to bless our kids with, and there is no way uh, that we would be able to get this elsewise. They think that they sell for approximately $600,000 brand new. Um, less than 1%, don't panic, um, less than 1%. Um, but that's a pretty impressive thing to be able to give to our kids and hopefully we'll help kind of build the kingdom as they get excited about coming to church. So um, thank you for your generosity and your giving. If you are newer to the church, you're not sure how to give, uh, you can mail in your offerings. If you're online, you can also use the drop boxes in the lobby or you can be cool and techie and go digital. The church center app is the easiest way to do that and all the directions for setting that up the first time are right there. And then of course, after you're set up, it's like click, 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 and you're done. Really easy to give. But the Bible says that it is our responsibility as believers to make sure that we're passing the baton of faith on to the next generation. We could sit in a room with black folding chairs and no carpet, and we would still all love Jesus. But we have to make sure that our kids get it. And <laughs> I just feel so blessed that 
that you guys get that and that you're continually willing to invest in our youth and kids. So let me pray uh, over your resources and over how God will pour blessings into your life. God, thank you for such a generous and kind church and we pray in Jesus' name that you would richly bless them back and reward them uh, for their continued giving uh, to the ministries of the church and to the things that you're doing around the world through fellowship. We're so grateful for it. God, we pray that you would pour into their lives financial blessings and spiritual blessings and emotional blessings and family blessings blessings, everything that they might need. Just fill them to overflowing. Just like you said you would in Malachi 3, that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out these blessings on those um, gathered in this room. And we thank you for that promise and we hold on to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as usual, guys, there's tons of stuff happening here at Fellowship Church. Let's check out this video and see what they are. Financial Peace University kicks off Tuesday, February 23rd. If you need help to get your finances in line or you're just struggling in that area in general, this is the course for you. You can sign up and pay for this course on our Church Center app. If you have any questions, you're welcome to stop by our info counter or give us a call here at the church. Also starting Tuesday, February 23rd, we have a wonderful group here called Divorce Care. If you've been through a divorce in the past, maybe you're walking through one right now, or you just need a little extra support in that area of your life, this would be a wonderful group for you. You can sign up on our Church Center app and pick up your materials in our bookstore before the class starts. Baptisms have been rescheduled. We now have them on the calendar for March 28th. If you would like to publicly profess your love for Jesus, this is the perfect way to do it. You can invite all of your friends and family and share in an intimate moment with them as you show everyone where you are in your relationship with God. If you have any questions, give us a call at the church or go to our Church Center app where you can sign up for this baptism. Pastor Tim and Rebecca Roseberry are bringing back Renewal and Rescue 1.0. We are so excited to have them teaching this again. If you are married, are engaged, are dating, maybe you've been married for a really long time, maybe you've even taken this seminar before, it is still a great thing for everyone to be a part of. It just reminds you of how you should be to your spouse, the things that you should do to support each other and how to love each other even more and even better. You can sign up for this seminar on our Church Center app and you'll receive your materials the day of the course. This is March 5th and 6th. It's a Friday night and a Saturday, lunch is included. It's $99 for a couple or $49 for a single. Do not miss out on this incredible seminar. Parents, we have Camp 4640 on our calendar. It's scheduled for May 27th through the 30th. It will be $200 for each student. This includes all students going into seventh grade through graduates of 2021. Please get them signed up for this. It's going to be an incredible experience. We're gonna have high ropes courses, low ropes courses, night games, bonfire get-togethers, a game room, all the cool things that they wanna be a part of. But more than all of that, they're gonna have the opportunity to experience God like they never have before. They're gonna be gathering with their friends and blue team members, having mentors speak life into them and help them figure out what they have going on. In the meantime, they're gonna to have tons of worship sessions, tons of teaching, and just a really great time. Please get them signed up for this. We have not yet launched signups on our Church Center app, but we will keep you updated for when that happens. Once again, thank you so much for being with us today, and we hope you enjoy part three of our series. So I don't know if you notice culture and how things can change. Maybe, maybe that's something that you don't really pay much attention to. But if you watch people at all, it is crazy how things can change and the way certain things can change all of us. For instance, if you've been to any sporting events, of course, pre-craziness, okay, when you actually could go to a sporting event, uh, you'll notice that people are spending, they're spending a lot of money to go. They're getting there early. They're, they're buying their tickets and then they're buying overpriced popcorn and overpriced drinks, all those kind of things. And uh, uh, sitting down to watch the game or the event that they're at and they're doing this. Right? Not even watching the game or they're doing this. And selfies are just, it's out of control how people are doing selfies. Now there's nothing wrong with selfies. 
but there are some people that take selfies to an extreme. Now, just to be a part of culture and just to show that we're all with it, let's do that. Let's take a selfie together. If I can have everybody in the church move to the first row and uh, just wave, say, hi, hi, we're taking a selfie. There we go, okay. So selfies are a big thing. To the point that if you go to a museum or a big event, you're going to notice that they actually have signs out that say no selfie sticks. Have you seen those? It's because they're whacking people in the head with these stupid sticks to take selfies. And it's funny because as I was thinking about doing this message, and of course you'll understand where I'm going with this in a second, I thought, I'm going to get on the internet and I'm going to find the funniest selfies you can find. So I started looking, I started looking. And what I realized, what it, would, it would be way more fun if I just stole the staff's phones and looked at their selfies. And so that's what I've done. But before I show our staff selfies, I, I have to be fair and I have to show a few of my own. I mean, that's the only way to be fair. So this first selfie is a, a selfie of me and my wife. And we're actually in this picture. We're in Rome. We got to do this incredible once in a lifetime trip to Europe uh, uh, last year, uh, 2019 anyway. And, and uh, we're in Rome. And this is, if you are ever in Rome, do not eat the food in the tourism district because it's awful. It's awful. And this is ex us expressing our, our joy for the local cuisine uh, uh, there. Now, before I show you the next picture, I got to definitely show, uh, set it up because you won't understand what this selfie's coming from. But a few years ago, my brother-in-law and myself were heading to Delta and uh, we were in my truck and, and we hit a deer. We hit a buck. You know, that, that can happen. And like uh, any good redneck, we're thinking, well, we can't let this meat go to waste. So we pick it up and, you know, we just throw it in the cab and we take off because we're thinking, man, this is going to be a good backstrap later. But we get down a few miles down the road, just a few minutes, and all of a sudden it wakes up, okay? Yeah. And uh, So we figured we ought to let it go. We opened the door and just shoot it out. It was fine. For all of you that seen Tommy Boy, you just had the flashbacks of, of Tommy Boy. But as I stole some other, as I stole some other phones and looked into some other pictures, we notice a lot of times we'll take pictures of us with our kids just being goofy. So here's a picture of Sarah uh, with a couple of my great nieces there. Yes, that's a lot of times you get shots like that. Or, or the next shot is Amanda with her daughter, Emma. And they're doing, yeah, doing the little duck face there. And then the next one is uh, Julie and, and her two kids just being silly. And when I saw Julie's, I thought, oh man, I can't wait to get to Joe's. Man, I just can't wait to get to Pastor Joe's. So I, I thought, you know, as I look through all of his pictures, it's, it's amazing just the, uh, the, the transformation that has happened in Joe's hair through the years. <laughs> Now, I, I show these pictures, and you got to understand that I am very envious of his hair because he got mine and his. His is just thick and lustrous. But this first picture you show, he's kind of got it slicked back. He's posing with a bear. I don't really understand that. And, uh, uh, but he looks sharp there. And then we see the next one, and he kind of does a whole Bee Gees 70s thing. He's got his <laughs> gold chains and, I mean, like the glasses. And then, and, but it's still pretty short. And then you see this next shot. And he just kind of lets it go, right? He's just got this beautiful mane. What a beautiful, but a beautiful man, you know, as he stands there with that, that hair. And then you go to the next one. Uh, yes, gets a little out of control at times. Does a little swoop over. And then finally, yeah, there's a really good one as well. All the different transitions of hair for, for Joe. Now, the interesting thing is that I'm not the only one that envies Joe's hair. Uh, Pastor Will does too. And this is a shot that Pastor Will, where he just wanted to have Joe's hair. <laughs> and so he wore that around until it got too hot and he had to take it off. But Will, Will what you notice a lot with, with people that do a lot of selfies is they're, they're trying to become influencers, if you know what an influencer is, an influencer is a person that gets so many followers on Instagram or, or uh, Twitter or Facebook, whatever, that, that businesses will actually contact them and want them to promote their product or promote uh, uh, whatever they're selling. And so uh, Pastor Will's really been wanting to be an influencer. So I found this video where he was trying to help others take the proper selfie. So here it is. Hey, everyone. I'm gonna show you how to capture the best version of yourself. This video is a guide on how to take the perfect selfie. Tip number one, 
find your light. If you turn your back on the light, it gives you a more backlit look, which will make your photo look softer and more mysterious. However, if you want your face to look brighter, turn towards the main light source. For me, it's this window. Go ahead and take a test shot. If lighting looks good, let's move on. Take a photo horizontally. Some people look better in a landscape composition. Or hold your camera vertically. This is a portrait composition. Some extra tips? Hold your neck out like this when you're posing. Try not to scrunch your neck in like this. All right, tip number three. Try different angles. You won't find your best angles until you've seen yourself in all angles. Hold the camera up above your eye level. Turn your face at a three-quarter angle, the universal good selfie angle. You have here the profile angle, the two-quarter angle, three-quarter angle, the one I just showed you, and the full face. Besides just smiling, there are endless amounts of posing ideas for you to try. Seriously, try not to overdo the duck face. Instead, try the kissy face. And let's just say if all else fails, which I doubt, just have fun. Love you and good luck. <laughs> well, hopefully you learned something there from Pastor Will. But the whole thing about the selfie generation is it is kind of selfish when you think about it. And there's nothing wrong with taking selfies. Please understand that. But there are those that take it to an extreme. And if you steal their phone, you will see that it's nothing but pictures of themselves. And that's kind of the generation or the culture we live in right now. It is all about self. It's all about me and how I look and how to promote myself. It's, it's a very selfish culture we live in. But when we look back in the Bible, what we see in the early church is that it was the antithesis of that. Exactly the opposite. When the church first began over 2,000 years ago, it was incredible to see the attitude and the culture of the church during that time. Now, I want to give you a little background of this book, of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is basically the, the events that happen after Christ's life, his death, and his resurrection. And early on in Acts, what we see is Jesus going to the disciples and he's trying to encourage them. He's trying to uh, uh, build their faith. And then as he does that and as he finishes that, then he ascends into heaven. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter one, verse nine. The Bible says, after saying this, he was taking, taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them, most likely angels. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Now, I love teaching this scripture because basically what the disciples were seeing was the last glimpse of Jesus as he was going into heaven. But then they tell of a time when he's gonna return in the same way. And I believe, and many scholars believe that we are living in a time where we will get to see that. So excited about that. So excited about what the Bible refers to as the rapture or us being taken up to meet him in the clouds. Now, I, I don't have time to go into uh, that teaching. I mean, there's so much when it comes to the rapture and the tribulation and what is to come. And so we did a series here at Fellowship called Signs. Uh, we recorded it. It's on DVD. It's, you can get it on digital uh, with a workbook. And it's about eight sessions that will just really, really help you understand what we have to look forward to as Christians. And when you watch that, what you understand is, is that you don't need to worry about what's going on right now. Don't sweat elections or economy or anything because our history is based on what has already been written by God, not by what's going on in the culture or the things are around us today. So we have that to look forward to. And so it's so cool to see, well, the disciples got to see him go, but we get to see him come. And we're so, so excited about that. And we really believe that that is happening very soon. It could happen this afternoon. It could happen within this year. It could happen within the, the next six years. We know it's very, very close, but it's really, really something that as Christians, we have to look forward to. So this happens, this huge event of Jesus going and going into heaven. Then shortly after that, in Acts, just want to kind of give you a, a, a brief summary of what happens up to chapter four. Uh, they replace Judas. Judas was the man that betrayed Jesus uh, and they had to replace him 
Of course, he committed suicide. And so they replace him with Matthias. Then in chapter two, uh, the Holy Spirit comes and he comes about seven weeks after this event at the day of Pentecost, which is an incredible event because before the New Testament in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would only come upon certain people, certain kings, certain prophets, certain priests. But for us that live in the New Testament, in fact, Jesus was telling those disciples before he left, it's better for me to go. Because if I go, then the Holy Spirit comes and you guys all get to have the Holy Spirit living in you. So that happens for the first time among these people. And then Peter steps up and he starts preaching and we see the birth of the first church with about 3,000 members, an incredible event. Then in Acts chapter two, verse 42, the Bible says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to pray. Now that's one of the reasons why we did the Lord's Supper today so that we would see an example of what Jesus did the last night he was with the disciples. He chose to serve them. Now that's incredible when you think about the fact that he knew he was gonna die. He knew he was gonna die an awful death. Of all the things he was gonna do with the last meal, he decided to serve his friends. And so this morning, as we took part in in the bread and the juice, we're supposed to do that as a remembrance of what Jesus did for us. Then verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over these new believers and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship, those who were being saved. So this church starts, it starts with 3,000 people. They're all sharing everything. They're out ministering. They're bringing new people to the faith every day. Then chapter three, Peter goes out. This is one of the miracles that Peter performs in the Bible world where he heals a cripple. Then in chapter four, the Sanhedrin who crucified Jesus, the Jewish highest high council, got really upset because they kind of thought, you know what? We kill Jesus the movement will stop. They did not want the message of Jesus to go out because they didn't think that it was a true message. And so they did everything they did they could to kill the movement by killing its leader. But the movement did not stop. And because of what uh, John and Peter were doing, they got put in prison. Now, miraculously, because this never happened, they were released. And we see that all happen in chapter four up to this point in chapter four, verse 29, where the Bible says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Now for us, for us to tell others about Jesus here in the United States, we're not threatened. We don't get put in jail if we go out and tell others about Jesus, but that is the culture that they lived in at the time. They were risking their lives to tell others about the Lord. After this prayer, verse 31, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. All the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that, they, uh, that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. Now here's some things that I want us to notice about this incredible story. Number one is that these people, they were brand new Christians. Brand new Christians. They had been been saved for a very, very short period of time. Many of them had just received Christ at Pentecost. Yet the Bible says in verse 31, then they preached the word of God with boldness. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first got saved, I was scared to serve. I was scared to tell others about Jesus. And I think a lot of times we will kind of use that as a crutch. We will say, you know, I can't really teach because I just haven't been saved that long. I just, I can't serve because, oh man, I, I just, I, I, haven't, I haven't been saved that long. Or maybe I have this sin in my life. Once I get rid of this sin, then I can serve. Or we say, you know what, I, I, I can't serve yet. I've only been saved for 17 years. So man, at 18 years, then I can serve. But what these people realized is that it wasn't about how much they knew it was about how much they relied on him, how much they relied on God working in their life, how much they relied on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gave them this boldness. 
And he'll give that to us. He'll give us the words to say. He'll give us the guts to say them. And he'll even make an opportunity for us if we ask. Now, many times when we talk about service, people do get concerned because they're like, are you going to make me speak? Are you going to make me talk to people? Are you going to make me uh, get into uncomfortable situations? And understandably, you know, there are ministries out there that would go door to door. There are ministries that will send missionaries to the beaches of a spring break in March, which that's a tough crowd, right? Uh, <laughs> but for the most part, that, is, those, that's, that, that brings incremental changes to the kingdom. And the reason is, is because you're trying to talk to somebody about Jesus that you don't know. And if you don't know them and you haven't invested in them, you have no influence with them. So you can't lead them. Now that is a leadership principle. If you read any leadership books, you'll understand that if you wanna lead somebody, you have to invest in them first to have influence to be able to lead them. Now it is our responsibility to tell those that we know that we have invested in about Jesus. It is. And I know that can be a little scary, but all you have to do to lead them to the Lord is have them confess their sins and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord then they're saved. It is that easy. There's nothing to be scared of in sharing your faith. You have been a Christian. If you got saved this morning, you've been, long enough, you've been a Christian long enough to tell others about Jesus. So we're supposed to use that influence. That's why God gives us that influence is so that we can grow his kingdom together. But not only that, God has given us the church to use its influence to further the kingdom. That's what we are. We are a tool of God to reach his people. That's what the church is. The church is the bride of Christ. And we were set up like that original 3000 to spread the word. Now here's the thing, it's a wonderful thing. And how it works is that they, all we have to do, let's say we are afraid to, to actually lead somebody to the Lord, or we don't think that that will maybe work with an individual, one-on-one -on -one basic conversation, but we need, some, uh, we need some help. So that's when you invite them to church. That's when you, you ask them to meet you at the flagpole and you come in together and you allow teachers and music to influence them with the Holy Spirit to make a decision for the Lord. So you get to use the church's influence to see your friends saved. Why do we spend and, and so much time and, and, and resources to make kids' church cool? I mean, isn't that jungle gym thing the coolest? And let me tell you, that was so easy to take down. So easy to take down. Still recovering, okay? Why do we do that? So that kids will come back and just have fun? No, it's because kids will have fun so we can have influence to tell them about Jesus so that they can get saved, they can bring their friends. And here's the thing that's incredible about that is you will be amazed how many adults will come to know Jesus because of that jungle gym that we just got the incredible deal on. Because kids are gonna be waking their parents up going, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. And we've seen so many families come to know Jesus from 4640, our middle school and high school ministry, our children's ministry, because kids get so excited about Jesus and then their influence ends up winning their parents over for the Lord. That's the way the church is supposed to operate. That's the way it's supposed to work. But we can't do it alone, right? We, we have to do it together. Now, there are all kinds of ways that we can uh, minister and, to, and serve the Lord. And the Bible says... Jesus says that we are to fulfill the great commission. Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we developed this mission statement 30 some years ago that basically says that, to connect the unconnected to Jesus Christ and together grow in full devotion to him. That's what we do here. That's what we want you to be a part of. And if you are serving with us, thank you so much. Without you, we would not be where we are and we would not see the thousands of people on an annual basis saved that we do and the hundreds of people on an annual basis that are baptized that we do. Without you, we can't do it. We just can't. But God wants to use us. He wants to use us as a tool together to minister for him. And he's doing it but how much more could he do it in the future? The second thing I want us to notice here is that they were all of one heart and one mind. One heart and my, one mind. Now, why? Why were they of one heart and one mind? It's because they were all on the same team and they all had gone, they all had the same goal. 
that purpose statement. That's why we developed it, is so that we can all be on the same team, connecting the unconnected to Jesus Christ with one goal, growing in full devotion to him. Because they were all on that same team and they all had that same goal, the church grew. They didn't care about anything else but seeing others meet the same Jesus that they had met. Remember when you were saved, remember that salvation experience and how God changed you and how much you wanted to tell others about him. That's what we need to go back to. Remember the first time you went through spiritual warfare and deliverance. That's why that ministry is so popular here because it changes people's lives. You get to see the miracles of the New Testament happening in people's lives. And when it happens to you, you want to just tell everybody about it. You've got to go through this course. You've got to allow God to change your life. You've got to go through this transformation. You've got to go through this restoration because God is so cool and he wants to do so much through us and he wants to see his kingdom furthered because he wants to spend eternity with as many of us as he possibly can. They were so sold out. Literally, in fact, we just read how they sold everything they, had, they owned for this one cause. Now, if we'll all realize that we're on the same team, if we'll all realize that we have the same goal, can you imagine what we can do together? Now, through this series, we've shown different videos of different people within our church who have allowed this, this, this process, this assimilation process that we've been talking about over the last three weeks to impact their life. And here's a couple that, that want to talk to you about how service has changed them. I serve in Fellowship Kids, second through fifth grade. When I first got started, I, I started off on the zip line, which, you know, is really fun because kids get to help up on it and they get to go crazy and they want you to push them as fast as you can and, you know, see how, see how far they can swing up on the rope and everything. And, and from there, you know, I just kept coming every single week and I just really expressed my, my excitement about wanting to learn and about wanting to get, you know, more involved because I always saw everybody up here on mic and I was like, I, I would have... I would have never been caught doing this probably six years ago, being being behind a mic and being goofy in front of kids. But for me, I mean, because you know that some of these kids don't really necessarily have somebody all the time that really would look up to or they would play with or, or just even sit down and have a conversation with them. And that's been really fulfilling for me because you'll get kids that remember your name and like, you know, they'll, they'll come running up to you and they'll give you a hug and they'll just visit with you for, you know, five minutes, talk about school, talk about what they do after church. But it's fun to come in here and, you know, hang out with the little kids and stuff and just really be able to feel like you can be a good example for them and, and hope that they can see that. Nate was serving in kids' church and he started talking to me about maybe just trying that out. Um, so then I started. It was a good time, it was fun. Again, the kids are adorable, uh, but I just still just didn't feel like it was the best fit for me. I was approached about leading a rooted group uh, not most recently, so that was fun. Um, I definitely felt like that was something that I really felt like God was like, oh, this is this feels right. My relationship with God grew. I made some amazing friendships out of it. Yeah, I feel full from it. I just knew after I served in the Rooted course that helping and serving in like adult ministries, or if that's what you want to call it, that was my fit. I definitely feel like anyone could serve because you know everybody has a passion and everybody has something that they really enjoy. God will reveal that passion inside them when they try. And if it doesn't work, yeah, don't give up. I mean, keep, keep trying. It was 100% worth it to continue to try to find where I fit um, when it came to serving. Now, the cool thing about their story is that they just searched. They asked God, where, where should we serve? Where should we serve? What, what would we be good at? And so they, they tried this and for Nate, man, kids church fit, but for, for McKenna, it didn't. So she tried a, another ministry and hers just was a beautiful story because the picture that you saw of her teaching that round group uh, circle of, of ladies, all of them were baptized together at our last baptism. We, we did the baptism at the same time, dunked them all at the same time, which... How cool is that? That's like the ministry coming alive in our lives. That's, that's what we want to see. God 
wants to use your spiritual gifts, your heart, your ability, your personality, and your experience for him and for the kingdom. We weren't created to just be born on this earth and get a job, get an education, buy a house, do a family, go to work every day, live for the weekend, and then die. He meant for us to do those things, yes, but that's just one thing that we do in our life. The most important thing we do is ask God, what should we do for you? How should we use all of the things that you've given us and how can we use them for your cause? And here's the thing. There's so many ways to do it. I mean, during the midweek, let's say you can't serve on the weekends because you have to come in here and you have to leave. There are ways that you can serve throughout the week. We have this incredible prayer book ministry where you'll come in, you get the prayer book and you, you pray over people throughout the week and then you, you write them a, a card to let them know that you prayed for them. And then we keep track of all those answered prayers. We have a meals ministry where you just help prepare meals for those that are ha having a memorial service or a funeral. Uh, we have keepers of the house, which is so simple to volunteer for. You just pick a morning and you come up here and you help our great team clean and, and get this place ready for their next services that may be coming for that week. Life group leaders, man, to lead a group of people and, and minister to them and to teach them, that, that's a great way to work throughout the week. Of course, we have 4640 on Tuesday and Wednesday nights for middle school and high school. Sundays, there's great ways to serve here where you can just come to church and serve at the same time. Bookstore, coffee shop, our choir, our ushers and greeters, our tech ministry. Of course, everything from our, in our kids' ministry, from nursery all the way up to fifth grade on, on Sundays. Even a check-in ministry where we help uh, parents check their kids into the ministry. And then there's online serving uh, opportunities for you too. For many of you, you watch online, so you may feel like you, you can't come and you can't serve here. First of all, we encourage you to do that. But if you can't, there's ways for you to serve too. We have actually online volunteers that minister to people while they're watching online. They pray for people, uh, pray, take prayer requests. Uh, they, they help people understand the message and, and post notes. Um, we also have great uh, discussion groups that happen online, uh, book clubs and Bible studies that happen online. I have one happening right now that you can be a part of. So there's all kinds of ways that you can use the church's influence to further the kingdom. Now, the great thing about all of this, and we see it here in scripture number three, is that God's great favor was on them. Acts 4.33, the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. Another translation says favor, while another translation says grace. I'll take them all, right? I'll t I need his blessing. I need his favor. I need his grace. And when we serve him and we put him first in our priorities, God's great favor and grace and blessing will be upon us all. Now, here's the thing. We can look at these scriptures and we can say we agree with all of them. But if we're not careful, we'll be guilty of the same thing the disciples were. And we don't need to have two angels that look at us and say, what are you just standing there for? Right? Time is short. If we don't have that much time left on this earth, we need to make sure that we're making the most of our time for God. Ask him where you should serve. Ask him what you should be doing for him. Let him give you the direction that you need to show you what that is. And if you try something and you don't like it, try something else. There's all kinds of ways for us to serve him. If it had only been up to the 12 disciples to further the Christian movement, it would have never made it. It takes the whole church. So as we stand this morning together, and if you're watching online with us, if you'll just stand in your living rooms, maybe you're driving and you just need to take time. Maybe you want to pull over right now. And let's just focus in on the Lord and let's take this great commission that he gave all of us so seriously. So as you bow with me, as I pray, Lord, we come before you and we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to serve you. Thank you. Who are, who are we that we would get to serve the creator of the universe? And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us to overflowing and help us to have a clarity of thought and mind to know what you would have us do. Maybe that is work with kids. Maybe it's to work with the tech ministry and you're 
we run a camera or we're a greeter or we're an usher or a small group leader. Maybe we work, we work in the, the, the bookstore or the co- coffee shop. I mean, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just show us, give us what that thing is for us to do and help us to have a blast doing it. You've shaped us to do ministry. Just show us what it is you'd want us to do. We love you, God. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that, that uh, the first week we, we talked about how to connect others to Jesus and then last week how to grow. It's so important that we are discipled, but it's also so important that we serve. So help us to figure out the best way we can do that for you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.